So, hello and welcome to episode three of the Saladcast, uh, the first Saladcast that we've had where we can actually talk about some football that we've seen. So, uh, we're making progress, aren't we? Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, welcome to the Saladcast with myself, Glenn Price, and Ollie Warner. Um, we've got a bumper episode this week, actually. There's lots to talk about. Um, we've had a first chance to see the players play, but uh, we're obviously going to move on to talking about pre-season. We're going to talk about the latest Salop news that there's been to do with players in and out and trialists and where they've suddenly disappeared to. Um, and then we're going to go through our new sort of um, sort of key topic we want to talk about as well this time, which is the new rules for the Football League this year and how they might affect Shrewsbury Town going forward and some of our more aggressive players. And... Uh, and then obviously we're going to go through our Glenn and Ollie update. So uh, yeah, it should be good, shouldn't it, Ollie? We've got lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, lots to talk about Shrewsbury and also yeah, the rules can be quite interesting and um, hopefully should have a positive impact on the football and the kind of yeah what what the kids and families see on the pitch. I think it should be good. Yeah, I think it's uh, a lot of it's based on uh, sort of discipline, isn't yeah. it, and the way that players interact with the referee and stuff. So it's it's quite interesting when you read through the rules and stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be good, but I'm, I'm quite interested to get stuck into talking about the pre-season games, as I say, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I, I went to both games this uh, Saturday and, and Tuesday, and I think you know you can already see an improvement in those two games, and you can see where town might be heading and the sorts of players we've got going on, so it'd be good for me to give you a bit of feedback on that, and we can have a chat about it, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the first section, and uh, we'll have a chat about pre-season. Surely will be, won't, could be Jemson the other way, won't came close, Jemson! So um, Shrewsbury Town have um, played two pre-season friendlies, um, one against Cardiff, which um, was an unfortunate scoreline of mm. 4-0 to Cardiff, um, and then a second game, um, again at home, um, to Birmingham, where we, we drew one all. Um, so obviously great to see that um, Shrewsbury got, got, got on the road and get the fans to have the chance to see um, the players. Um, and Glyn, for the first game, you thought you'd try something different. Yeah, so we were talking in the last few episodes about maybe getting some different people's voices in, on the podcast and having some guests. So um, one of the friends of the show, uh, John Molyneux, who I think I mentioned in the, the piece I'm about to play, lent us a piece of audio equipment so we could record at the match. So um, I went to the Cardiff game, uh, took me two kids with me, so you'll probably hear a bit of them as well, and um, managed to get a couple of interviews with some fans sort of did a bit of a, a sort of commentary not commentary but sort of a, a sort of few notes of what was going on at the game so yeah before we start talking about the Cardiff game it's probably a good idea to play this in there so yeah hopefully you don't mind the win too much in listening to this 100% success from the spot for Luke Rogers this season first up Nicky Ball didn't have to work. Welcome to Southcast's first outside broadcast, or uh, an attempt at an outside broadcast, I should say. Um, we were lent a piece of audio recording equipment that we, we took up the ground. Um, bit of background, I walked up to the match this week, uh, first pre-season. I took my two children as well, which was good because they were free. Um, and I was had the idea of getting up there and trying to get a few views of fans. So uh, this whole piece starts off with us bumping into Chris Wynn and his son Josh, who we had a quick chat with about the season coming up. So we just got up to the ground and I uh, bumped into Mr Chris Wynn and his son Josh. Uh, so we'll just have a quick chat about the season. Chris, what are you look forward to about today's game? What are you, what are you coming up to see mainly in this first pre-season match? Yeah, looking forward to seeing the new players. That's what pre-season's about for me. Um, yeah, the friendlies. We know we're not going full pelt, but it's always nice to see the new players, see how they uh, fit in and uh, yeah, just get a feeling for them. Yeah, 
what about this season? What do you think about where we're going to end up this season? I know we haven't actually watched the game yet, but what are your initial hopes for the season? Are you hoping top half, or would you be happy with mid-table or something like that? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think, I think we'll win the league easy. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's what we all hope for, isn't it? Um, yeah, seriously, I think, you know, general consensus is, is you know, mid-table. Um, we've had our past six, seven years have all been about we're either going for promotion, just missing out on gaining it, or fighting relegation, just escaping or, or going down. It's, I, I, I think with what we've signed, there's, I don't think we've, we're not looking like a team who, who are going to be challenging at the top. We'd like to think we can, but I think realistically, we should, should be looking at mid-table, and I'll be quite happy with that. Yeah, I think probably all of us would be, wouldn't we? And uh, I think if we can uh, start to see the first shoots of that coming through today, then we're pretty happy, won't we? So enjoy the game anyway, guys, and uh, yes, I'll speak to you again. So I should say now, it was at this point where I realised that, uh, editing this, that <laughs> the wind was a lot stronger <laughs> than uh, I probably thought it was on the day. And uh, going through this, a lot of what we recorded got completely ruined by the wind. But I thought I'd leave Chris and his son's interview in there, because I think you can just about make out what he said. Um, but luckily after that, we moved into the stadium then, got the kids in, and uh, bumped into another one of the old Shrewsbury Town stages, Mr Adrian Plimmer. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But um, yeah, we were lucky to have a, a chat with Adrian, sort of by the by the turnstiles as people coming in you can hear um, and I started off by asking him what he was looking forward to about the game and, and the season coming up to see today from the first game in pre-season you know, do you normally come to pre-season or is this sort of a, a good chance to come and look at the new players no I do come to pre-season uh, what I'm looking for today is, is some signs about the way we're going to set out statement of intent so is it going to be exciting attacking football yep. that's what I want to see result doesn't rattle too much just want to see what the new players are like whether we're jelly I think that's a good sign uh, and not have a game like we did at Evesham a couple of years ago when I come away banging my head because uh, <laughs> basically we we didn't have a striker that day and we didn't have a whole no. season, did we? So, yeah, that's what I'm looking, I'm looking for, how the team's going to gel and if it's exciting, they're yeah. sacking for. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I think that's what everyone wants to see today. I mean, there's quite a lot of fans coming now, so hopefully they'll get, a, they'll get a good show. But in terms of the season ahead, you know, obviously we, we talked on the podcast before last about last season and, and, and you know, the problems we had and the struggling against relegation. Are you thinking it's going to be more of the same or are you encouraged by the signings? you think we should be aiming higher, maybe top half table or mid-table? What do you think? Yeah, mid-table, absolutely. I, I think anything less than that would be disappointed. Uh, you know, I, I think mid-table is a minimum for me. Uh, but I said I want to see some. I don't want to come to games and no. be bored. We were great away from home, weren't we, last season? At home, we were we were shocking, yeah. really. So that's what I want to come and see, mate. You know, attacking football. Go back to the Prince, have a good weekend on the back of a good home result. Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone wants. And I say you, you're right. The home form can't be much worse than last season. So no, you know, so everything's no. going to be an improvement there. Anyway, thanks, Aid. Enjoy no the problem, game. No problem. So after speaking to Aid, I finally got my kids up into their seats and we sat down to watch the game at the back of uh, the family stand where it was quiet, so that I could. Uh, record a few notes of the game and what was going on whilst trying to uh, stop my children running around in the stage. So, uh, yeah, this gives you a bit of background as to the match. So, finally sat down for the, the first game. Uh, two trialists on the bench is what we've seen. So, uh, the oh. As you can hear, the players are just walking out, so it was good timing. So, yeah, six of the new lads starting, so uh, we'll see how they get on. So 15 minutes in, Town are uh, starting to actually get into the game a little bit more. It's all been Cardiff so far. Um, Town players sort of trying to find their feet, find each other. Mellon screaming at them to pass the ball, which is a bit of a basic, I suppose, but they're starting to do that now. Um, ball in all, it's been typical pre-season. We haven't really had a chance yet, so 
hopefully we will see at least one goal. So, 26 minutes, Cardiff 1-0 up. Uh, unfortunately, Joe Riley made a foul out on the byline as Cardiff were attacking, but the ref played advantage, and uh, I think it's Anthony Pilkington for Cardiff. He basically ran in, then cut in, built, and Riley was out of position, so he had acres of space, and he curled it right round to keep it outside the box. It was a good finish, but um, a little bit scrappy from town. I don't think Riley would be best pleased with that, but there we go. Work it out of his system. Hopefully we'll get back in it. And soon it was 2-0. Simple corner, simple header. Uh, our defence looked like they'd only played each other for two weeks there, to be honest with you. No one really went for it. Big gaps in the defence. So, um, yeah, I suppose the good thing to look at is Mickey will think there's plenty to work out over the next few weeks. Um, but looking at that, there definitely is. Half time, not much else to add. Uh, Town with a couple of half chances at the end there, but Cardiff by far the better team. Uh, suspect we might be seeing quite a few changes in the second half now just to mix it up because uh, it'd be good to get everyone to get a game. But no one really played well enough to stay on there anyway. So, let's see what happens. This game is dull, I have to say. 60 minutes in, town fans are trying to get the Icelandic chant going. Cardiff have just almost scored again. There's not much to be excited about so far. I'm sure they're working all the kinks out of their system, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to come away from this one particularly energised at this rate. Anyway, they plod on. So we might actually have a game on here. Um, the reason being, Cardiff on about the 60th minute has just changed their entire team. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. There was all 11 players lined up in a traffic jam ready to come on and everyone else just jogged off. And yeah, so Town can actually maybe get a foothold in this one now because they are playing an entirely different team. So hopefully they can give us something to get excited about because it's been lacking so far, as you've probably told from these previous uh, entries to this diary that I've been doing today of, of the match. But um, yeah, no one's really stood out at all. It's a bit of a worry, but there we go. Let's see how they finish the game. Elsa, what's the score? 3-0. Yes, so as you can tell, we're now 3-0 down. <laughs> Another set piece for Cardiff. Uh, just headed in casually and marked. I've got to say the centre-backs haven't covered themselves in a lot of glory from set-pieces today. And now it's 4-0. Uh, this time, simple back pass to Burton. He dallied way too long and it got charged down. Uh, went to clear it, hit the player, bounced up, basically spanned really nicely for someone to just tap it in. So yeah, when does the pre-season result bit come worrying? I doubt Mellon will be that bothered about it, but it's not the sort of thing you want to see when you get your first punch of fans down for the start of the season and suddenly put in a 4-0 performance. So worse is we haven't even looked like scoring, so... Yeah, interesting times ahead. <laughs> and with that, the final whistle blew, and it was uh, 4-0. Not all that good at all. Um, I actually bumped into a couple of people having a right grumble about it on the way out, which is uh, surprising for the first preseason game, but uh, there we go. Anyway, I think the last word on the uh, the match should be left to my two kids, who I asked for their views on the way home. Yeah, I forgot one thing on the way out of the ground to ask the two children I took today, my, my kids, Elsa and Rory, what they thought about the game. Rory, what did you think about today's game? It was good. What did you like the most about it? Um, um... Some of the players were winning. Yeah. Okay, and Elsa, what did you think of the game? It was good, and the players weren't so good as Cardiff players. They yeah. were very true. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a pretty good summary uh, from a six-year-old girl that our players were not as good as Cardiff's players, and uh, that's a big underestimation. But uh, there we go. I'm sure me and Ollie will unpack a bit more of this game now. But uh, if anyone likes these sort of uh, on the scene, you know, live at the match type uh, things, let us know. We'll try and do a few more of them. Um, thank thanks to John Molyneux who lent us his audio equipment for the match. Um, and the good thing is, I've learned a lot about this, and I won't be doing any more interviews with Windy. So. <laughs>
that'll be good. Anyway. So the Cardiff game was um, not a great um, result. Um, great summary from your kids there, Glenn. Yeah. Um, so what was your main thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think my uh, my daughter got it about spot on, didn't she? As I said in that piece, that uh, yeah, our players were not as good as the Cardiff players. It's quite from the mouth of babes, as they say. Um, my thoughts on the first game, obviously, without the the judgment of the second game, was it was <laughs> it was typical preseason fair, but it was also fairly dis- disheartening to watch. Really, you know, I I I listened to Mickey Mellon's post match interviews about how it was just preseason and it was just getting time in the legs and it definitely came across like that you know there was a lot of things to do with the sort of cohesion of the team and the shape that they didn't really look that they were quite there with all that sort of thing and you wouldn't expect that would your first game as well second preseason game yeah no i guess it's yeah it's about i guess it's a, it's in some ways uh, maybe it's a good thing take take a negative into a positive that you you know we saw some weaknesses and plenty of things for them to work on mm. um, i guess the what you want to see is i guess you want to see a bit of team spirit a bit of communication um, did any of that stand out to you yeah you want to see partnerships as well i mean you know I, I i took a few notes at the game one of the things that sort of stood out to me was that no one stood out um you know you it's regardless of the the meaning of the game for mickey mellon to get the sort of players fitness up you know as, as the first game in there there's a thousand fans wanting to see the new signings and see who stands out and unfortunately it didn't didn't really happen unfortunately so no one really stood out and and there wasn't really anything to speak of in terms of partnerships and people working with each other you can see tentative signs of dodds and and aj leach being on the sort of same wavelength but um you couldn't say anything particularly stood out to be honest with you know <laughs> so probably best to um to move on from that well game, yeah there's there, 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 there was you know brown played okay in that game to be honest with you. i'll give him some credit when he came on in the second half he was reasonably impressive um the right back, Joe Riley, it's, he didn't stand out, but he, he looked solid enough, to be honest with you. The two centre-backs worried me in that first game, but, um, you know, like sometimes they'll say it looks like they met on the morning. It definitely did look a little bit like that, because um, from set pieces and stuff, we were all over the shop. I couldn't tell what we were doing. It looked like we were zonal marking at one point, but it's hard to tell from one game of pre-season. Um, I think my highlight of the entire game, though, was uh, Ian Black. He came on at half-time, but couldn't, hadn't got his shirt on. Uh, and then eventually got it over his head after about 20 seconds of the second half, and after 32 seconds, he horribly two-footed someone. Really horrible tackle in pre-season. It was literally his first touch of the, the ball sort of thing. I don't know what's wrong with the guy. If <laughs> I'm going to talk about rules later, Ollie, but if these new rules come in, I don't think we'll see very much of him back in the second in the, in the season coming up, because he's ridiculous. But there we go. So, um, yeah, it was nothing to get excited about, and I think it was just one of those ones. It was good to go down there and actually enjoy a bit of sun, but um, I think it was more important to talk about the Birmingham game, where we could sort of start to see some shoots of you know the first signs of the season coming up, really. Yeah, and I guess one question for you. Um, did, it, did the pitch seem much different now? They've obviously um, brought it in line with the other grounds around the country. Yeah, was there a looks, big gap between the fans and the pitch? Yeah, it looks much, much smaller. And we, no, I normally sit in the West Stand, so West Stand was shut for the for the two preseason games. So I sat in the um, the East Stand, uh, in the family stand with my kids. And yeah, it it seems a lot further back the pitch than it was. It must have gone in. I, I don't really know. Maybe half a meter, maybe a meter. It's a long way in, and and behind the goal as well. The goals are further away from the South Stand as well. So it was much narrower. Um, I can't say that it really changed the way the game was played. It didn't look. The ball wasn't didn't seem to be out of play no. all that much more. So players just get used to it don't they and it'll be something that they have to get used to but um i say that first game it was hard to tell really because there wasn't much width there wasn't you know it was just a lot of passing the ball around at an average sort of pace really and working things out and just making sure they could pass it mickey mellon did a lot of screaming from the sides of the pitch pass the ball pass the ball which i did think to be honest with you mickey if they haven't got grips with that part of their game already we could be in trouble this season but yeah that's all, that's all <laughs> i really uh, all i could really observe from that game was uh was uh <laughs> the stuff we've talked about so yeah, it was um, it it was much smaller. Yeah. Okay. So then, so obviously, then we move on to the um, to the Birmingham game. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't um, couldn't join. I really wanted to go to this game actually, but I couldn't go because I had to travel to to Europe with work. Yeah. But um, what was your thoughts on this game, Glenn? 
so you could you could see the the difference in in you know three days four days they'd obviously gone back to the training pitch and worked on shape I, I actually listened to one of Mellon's interviews um, after the Berwyn game and he'd said that they'd been out there and they'd worked on their their shape and their tactical positioning and you could see all of a sudden that people were much more rigid to their positions and it was just a lot more solid to be honest with you. the back line looks really solid um, I hadn't been impressed with Lancashire or um, McGiven in the first game, but yeah, they they were they were much better in the second game. Okay, so you um so you, um you said about shape. What formation did we line up? <sighs> we had played four at the back, and then we played like uh it was one of those ones where we have sort of a central striker and two off him, and then the rest of the midfield. So what's that? Four five one, if you want to call it that, or four, four five one four, five, four five, one. three three, yeah. whatever you want to call so it. So yeah. it can adapt, can't it, between your defensive and attacking shape. So it was it was that sort of tactic. And the the thing about that, if we're going to play that tactic, is um. Smith playing up front of his own. Uh, sorry, AJ Leach Smith. Yes, yeah, AJ Leach Smith, isn't it? Yeah. He um he was a very willing runner. Really wanted to get behind the back line, and he started to impress, particularly as the game wore on, with his quick feet. He was good movement, and he he's pretty quick actually on a, on a foot race against someone. So it was quite nice to see a dynamic player, you know, up front as the sort of central striker rather than say a a Barnett or last season Collins, who are a little less mobile and bring something slightly different to the team. So yeah, he's definitely more dynamic. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. When was the last time we had a genuinely fast striker? Uh, genuinely fast striker. It's got to be a Steel? while. <laughs> in yeah. the 90s? Griffiths. <laughs> I don't know. We probably had some in between, but it's it, strikers have never really stood out of the town, have we? Like we talked about this a few weeks ago about how we seem no. to ruin strikers, and then <laughs> they never really do all that much while they're here. So, um, yeah, it's got to have been a while since we had a genuine pacey striker. I mean, we've had players like Ian Lanesworth, haven't we, who's genuine pace, but quite, not quite in that striker's role. We did play there a few times. Scored some cracking goals as well, Ainsworth, didn't he? But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And and I just you do worry though with a player like that if it doesn't work after ten games, you know, and you're playing that tactic, Mellon can revert to just sticking a big lad back in that hole and playing more direct football, particularly with the pitch coming in as we talked about. So yeah, we'll have to see how he goes. But yeah, he stood out particularly. Um, uh, Deegan was another interesting one. I, I saw his sort of first shoots of what he's all about. He is a hard beastard, if you want to say it like that. I know that we're doing this family friendly, but. He's not going to be afraid to put a tackle in, and he looks like the sort of bloke you don't mess with. So it's going to be nice to have sort of Gogo, who's that sort of, you know, can be box to box, and he can put a tackle in, and is a solid player. But also having someone who's a bit of an enforcer in there with him is going to be pretty good in the engine room, I think. So yeah, he's the one to watch out for next season, Ollie. One thing that we were were always a little bit naive, a yeah. bit soft. Um, and yeah, I think it um, sounds like we've added a bit of um, pace and a bit of steel to the team, so yeah. it sounds encouraging. Certainly steel. The um, El Abdi as well came on in the second half, and again, he looks like a bouncer. He looks proper hard. Um, and it's quite interesting because the, the whole back line looks a bit more physical maybe than last season. Um, Ollie Lancashire, you know, he's only a young lad, but he's reasonably strong, and, and McGiven looks like a strong player. You know, they both put some pretty cracking tackles in in that game, actually, sort of la- not last-ditch tackles, but, you know, saving tackles when someone was running through, and I was much more impressed with their cohesion as a back two and then Abdi when he came on as well did pretty well so yeah the, the back line impressed um, midfield are just <clears throat> it was difficult to get to grips with the midfield really because you know it was two teams in the second half first half and second half two different teams and they they sort of all moved around and people swapped wings and then we had obviously Ethan Jones coming on and playing out wide which we've not really seen too much of before so it's going to be interesting to see who wins that that place there's a lot of competition for places in midfield it's going to be interesting to see which Mellon who who Mellon fancies come the MK Dons game on the first game of the season yeah I guess and I guess um, with the heat I imagine they were stopping the, the game a lot I, I saw I saw a few articles or a response from the club explaining about that yeah so, um, it's, it's pre- Pre-season, pre-season is a funny one, isn't it, for the management and the club? You want to 
you know, you want to give the fans a chance to kind of see the players and kind of see the fans again. But it is all about the season, isn't it? It's all about preparation for the for the season ahead. Yeah, particularly when you think there's two or three more preseason games to go, isn't there? So you're not going to want to hit that. You may be a last preseason game. You want to be at sort of ninety percent of what you want on the MK Dons. But this early, it doesn't it doesn't need to be all there. The heat was interesting. Yeah, they stopped the game once, twice, maybe three times. No, three times they did it in the second half as well. And I remember, I think Chris Skitt, the uh, physio, was did an article, didn't he, today about how they do have to sort of be careful about that because you've got to remember they've been training all week in that heat so dehydration is something that can you know be a bit of an issue and and it's not just about the fact they played 90 minutes there was people saying why are we stopping for drinks breaks but it's more of a long-term thing isn't it you've got now maybe a month two months of them playing in this heat and you've got to keep them fluid levels topped up I mean me and you played football in the heat and it's not nice is it so I, I can see why it has to be done especially in pre-season when it's not um you know if it, if it was a league game on I, may, I bet they would have taken a drinks break in a league game because it was bloody hot <laughs> it was hot enough walking up yeah there. no I've done yeah it was hot and and I unlike you I've done a bit of running I've done a half marathon and it was I think before the race even started it was 26 degrees yeah. and yeah you sure do um you sure do get pick up some heat so yeah. that's good yeah. okay so and, and, was, and we finally scored a goal we'll say finally we scored a goal <laughs> yeah they made us wait enough didn't they I say two games last week and we finally got one in the sort of the last five ten minutes of the game but yeah Ethan Jones I, I have a word for Ethan Jones and actually Grogan who came on as well um, I think it's Callum Grogan isn't it I might got his name wrong but it's Grogan anyway they both young lads from the youth team they both came in and looked pretty good and the thing that Ethan Jones impressed me with is he, I don't know whether it's just been between the end of last season and this summer but he certainly definitely seems to have worked on his physicality he looked like you know he didn't look like a kid so much anymore he looked like a big strong player that can actually run at people a bit like Andre Gray when he first came into the team I don't know if you remember the sort of same physical change that sort of Andrew Gray had and, and particularly as he's gone on he's become a pretty strong player hasn't he so Jones played out left and then out right of the front three he didn't actually play centrally and he was good he got past his man a couple of times put a couple of good crosses in um, one of them he put in that someone should have scored from and then obviously right at the end he tenaciously won the ball back and drilled one in Arden low um, and the keeper couldn't get anywhere near it so yeah he was actually really impressive and I think again we want those youth players coming through don't we Ollie because we've got Smith um, and then now we've got Grogan and uh, and Ethan Jones so to have three that are going to be on the fringes this season is going to be quite exciting to watch yeah no no it's good and um, yeah it's um, it's good to see some youth players come through through into the first team again I think that's something that you know it makes you proud as a Shrewsbury Town fan to, to see those players so no that's, that's um, something to um, something to look forward to and I look forward to seeing the players myself yeah yeah in general though they they passed a lot more fluidly and it was the passing was a lot more accurate as well um and yeah the other the other observation I was going to name was Birmingham City were embarrassing they dived all the time in a pre-season game at Shrewsbury and you know Dave Davis used to play for us he, he's in that he was yep. he was diving and then he got involved in a couple of scraps with Richie Wellens who who didn't particularly help himself Richie Wellens played the game entirely of a man that is on the transfer list he was went ran around looked a bit angry kicked at a few people didn't really do much I think that uh I don't know. I, I I don't think he's going to be here very much longer. It's just finding someone to take him, and that's the tricky thing at this time of the season, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so, it was so good. all in all, so it was much better. Yeah. So a few preseason games down. Um, sounds like we're we're making some progress, and yeah, three more games left. So we've got um, away at Solihull, um, away at Stourbridge, which I still gutted on missing, um, being so close, and then the, finally the home game against the Birmingham. It actually should be a good test, and I'd say they're probably a, a test for our level. Um, so that should be a, a good um, barometer to see how we've what, how we've progressed in the preseason. Yeah, I think ideally we'd like to see us go to the two non-league games and play a mixture of the two sorts of the team that we've got play you know 
or get all the players that run out and all, but you'd want to think we could get two or three goals in those games. You know, we don't, it's not desperate that we do. It'd be nice to see some of the strikers get a bit of confidence from a couple of early goals. Wouldn't it be nice to see Smith get one? It'd be nice to see maybe Dodds or one of the other midfielders just chip in with a goal or something because it'd be nice just for him to, to roll into the season having a bit of confidence in front of goal. Um, yeah, but then Hibernian, you're right, it, that is a test. And they, they did they win the cup last year or something or they got to a cup final? I think they did pretty well last year in Scotland. I'm not 100% sure. So they're certainly going to be a test, aren't they? And they've got Alty playing for them. So he should get a, a hero's welcome for the for the season he had with us, scoring all those goals. So yeah, yeah. It'd be quite nice to see Alty again. I do I do like Alty. So yeah, it should be a good game. I'm hoping to get to that one because it's on the same day as the Open Day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a good one. Good one to take the kids to. Yeah, oh, yeah, and and say going to the Open Day as well is always good for the kids as well. But it's it's quite nice to have it leading. I don't think we've ever done it before. We've got the Open Day leading into a game, so you can sort of go to the Open Day, you know, see the players and the signets doing the signatures and stuff, and then I think the game's on after that. So I'm going to make a day of it, and um, yeah, I'm going to be there doing some stuff for the Sports Parliament, and also. I'll be taking the um, audio recorder as well, which obviously we've just done before. But um, I'll take that and I'll try and get some fans' views of what everyone's thinking now in the last preseason game and what they're hoping for when it comes for the MK Dons game, because that's what we're all gearing up for now, isn't it? That first game. Yeah, it'd be good to uh, maybe if you could get um, a few fans' predictions. We could have a um, maybe we could have a, in the next pod. Um, depending on we need to decide when we're going to do that one with holidays coming up but let's do what at least one more pod definitely before the season starts and let's get some predictions and we could always bring those guys back in the, in the middle of the season at the end of the season see how we got on yeah I mean even after I spoke to Adrian and uh, Chris in the, the interviews that we just played out before both of them are very keen on being involved again and, and speaking to us again and you know people might not know but Chris and Aid have been around the town you know as, as long as I can remember I'm sort of 36 now Chris Wynn used to ma- manage the away supporters when I first started back in sort of the, the late 99s so yeah, he's been he's been around the club a long time, and he's seen every manager come through. And same for Aid Plimmer; he's obviously been a part of all of the sort of supporters' parliaments, and was a big reason that we got the ground moved in the end. So it's good to have experienced town fans who have been involved in the fan base for a long time listening, and also actively involved with it as well. So yeah, it's good to keep, get those people on board. Tini's ball in the dangerous and set pieces, and that's crept in as well. Looks like Drummond got the final touch to it, and Shrewsbury Town are ahead within three minutes. So now we move on to Salop news. Um, first things first, let's start with um, players that um, are around the club already. So Barnett, so it doesn't seem like Barnett's leaving. No, it doesn't seem like Barnett's leaving. At the first pre-season game, I sat in there and sort of, it was during that period where I think Phil Brown had given him and his agent 24 hours to sort the deal out and 24 hours had gone and he was out on the pitch warming up for us and then eventually came on and played a part in both games. So yeah, I don't think Barnett's leaving. I mean, everyone's got a view, haven't they, about whether they want him to stay or whether that we they'd be happy for him to go and us get some wages in to maybe strengthen in different areas. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think um, he definitely scored goals in League Two, so we've seen that. Um, sorry, was Southend last year? Where was Southend? Southend yeah, was in were, League no, Two last year. They were or were they in League? They? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were in League One. Yeah, sorry. As soon as I said it, I knew I was wrong. I was like, <laughs> damn it. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, he, he can hold himself in League Two. And also, he's a bit of a target man. He's someone that you can hold the ball up. Um, he's never seemed to settle, did he? He never seemed to um, kind of like... I saw a few games where he was quite solid. And he's he's got... A, we said we said before already, he's got a fantastic shot on him. Um you never know. You never know. Give him a chance. He might He might do something. Um, we're certainly sort of strikers. I think we are short of strikers. And I think unless Mellon had someone lined up, he knew he was going to bring in. Um, and I think this week we've seen, you know, we talked about Ruben Reed last week. This week's latest rumour is Tom Pope. Um, the old Bristol, uh, Bristol, the old Berry forward. It's back 31 now, I think he is. But he's got goals in, in sort of clubs he's been at. It's been mentioned he might be bringing in. But I don't think Mellon would 
get rid of Barnett now until he's got someone else lined up to play that sort of role, the bigger bigger target man type thing. Yeah, no, definitely. We don't. We're, we're very short in numbers. Um, very short in numbers in the in the striker department. Um, yeah, another Port Vale player, obviously as well. So that would help with the old. <laughs> I um, didn't know that. Yeah, Port Vale reserved. Yeah. yeah, he's played quite a few games for them, didn't he? So yeah, so um, so that's not bad. He's got. I think he's scored. He's never a bad strike rate there. Scored one in three. So yeah, that's um, pretty good. It's not it? a decent a decent player. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so Barnett looks like Barnett's staying for now until we can potentially get another striker. And um, it doesn't look like Wellens is, is going, as you said in the in the intro in terms of the games. Sounds like he's a little bit frustrated. Um, he didn't really, he didn't really, he didn't do anything wrong, did he, last season? But he didn't really do anything. I was expecting do a lot anything. more from him yeah. with his experience. Yeah, you would have thought he would have been, a, a, especially in the situation we were in, you would have thought he'd have come in and settled things down. And just he didn't really strike me as that sort of, player and he's obviously got calibre but I think that um, the most telling thing about uh, the games that I've been to see so far is all the town players that came out every single one of them had brand new training kit on they had all the new gear for the new season apart from Richie Wellens who was wearing the shirt for the game so it leads me to believe that yeah it's not a case of we want to get him back and rehabilitate him into the squad it was like you're going to play tonight because there might be a few you know, scouts here that might see you and want to take you off our hands, but you're definitely not part of our plans for the future. So I would be really surprised if Richie Wellens plays any part of our league or, or cup campaign this season whatsoever. Yeah, so no, so maybe maybe another midfielder as well after him and he I imagine he's not cheap, so um yeah, free up some wages to get to get um, get another player or or two in. Yeah, it's interesting. Where where do you think we still need to strengthen now? Because we've obviously brought in Al Abdi, who we've just previously talked about being an absolute beast and you know, being a sort of enforcer yeah. at the back of need. But where where do you think you'd like to sort of bring another player in, or maybe two? I think um, I think I'd like definitely like to see a sign a striker or two. Um, to um, obviously got a couple of youth players, but I'd like to see us have another striker or two. Um, then we can maybe let Barnett go or, or give him a second chance. Um, definitely another right back in the squad. We're still a little bit light there. Uh, maybe another winger as well. Um, interestingly, on um, a couple of other players that we haven't we haven't um, signed yet. Was obviously Wesolowski. So yes. if if we kept Wesolowski, um, would you like to? Well, first, I guess, would you like to keep Wesolowski? Yeah, I would. I I I, I say we talked about the contract offer for him probably being less than it has previously been, and probably with the, the sort of bonuses for actually playing because of his injury record. But it it's strange the whole contract thing, isn't it? Because Halstead played in the game against um, Cardiff, yet doesn't hasn't signed a contract with a football club. Um, but Weslovsky, who hasn't signed a football with a contract, a contract with a football club, is just nowhere to be seen. hasn't been a part of any of the games. I don't think he's been part of any of our pre-season training. I've not seen any photos of him or anything. So it's it's strange that both of them are on a sort of different tra- trajectory in terms of what's going on with their future at the football club. Yeah, exactly. And um, Halstead as well is obviously another one who um, who who I, I wouldn't be surprised. I thought that I actually thought he would leave, especially with Callum Burton coming through. I thought having Lutfiler and Burton would be sufficient mm. for the league campaign. Do you think we need Halstead? No, I, I don't think we need Halstead. Burton made a mistake in the first game against Cardiff. He, he sort of did one of those classic getting chased down by a striker, kick it out, hit the striker, and then it un- unfortunately bounces for someone to tap in. So that's probably not his confidence is all good. But I can't see the point. I can't see the point of keeping Halstead to now you know, have one of our exciting youth prospects who, who every time you hear something from Mellon at the club, it's that he's there, he's, he's going to be battling for the first team. So 
just let him battle for it. Do you know what I mean? If worst comes to worst, then he ends up not being quite at the calibre we need, and, and look while he gets injured for three or four games. There's plenty of opportunities for us to bring in an experienced goalkeeper from a number of clubs that's just sitting on a bench, isn't there? It's not it's not one of those sort of positions that you struggle to go and find a decent loan player to cover you for a few weeks, is it? So it's it's not quite as much of a risk, I don't think, as maybe doing the same thing up front. So actually, I think I'm not sure if emergency. I know you can't do short-term loans. You can't do month loans anymore. I wonder if you can still do emergency loans. That's something probably for us to, to check out. I think you can. So maybe that's that's something you know, yeah. thinking. You can still do emergency, but you can't do one one month. I think you can do emergency loans, but I don't think you can only do them for goalkeepers because it's such a specialist position. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah, I think is, I've yeah. read that once upon once upon a time somewhere in the mists of time. But yeah, I, I like Burton. I, I you know I've seen him so far. Let's give the kid a go. You know, it's not it's not gonna. It's like giving Halstead another year or two years is not going to help our bottom line, is it? He's not going to have no sale on value, and he's a reasonable goalkeeper, but I, I wouldn't say he's a standout League One goalkeeper, whereas no. Dwyer is. Yeah, I, I was very frustrated last year with um, with um, Mellon, and I kind of admire Mellon for having um, loyalty to players, and you know, I guess it all probably helps with the squad, um, but I don't understand why Halstead played ahead of Lutweiler when he was back injured. For me, clearly, Lutweiler's a much better player. Miles better, um, I'd yeah. much rather see Lutweiler start, come back. And I think goalkeepers is one of those few positions where the kind of the normal rules go out the window. If you're fit, you play. Um, mm. If you're the yeah. best goalkeeper, simple as that for me. I guess the reason he's still here and training with us is it's a bit difficult for a goalkeeper to go out and do his pre-season on his own. Do you not think? Because you've got to yeah. actually have that, yeah. that practice and you've got to have people firing shots at you. So maybe Mellon's just doing him a favour for now and saying, look, come train with us, come do pre-season because you're going to benefit from it. But maybe there's the same understanding as there may be with Wellens that, you know, long-term you need to be going and finding something else now because the contract the contract office is weird. They they should have signed them by the... Th- they, the, the deals have to either be signed or rejected by the 30th of June, don't they? So we're going to know no, well, June's gone, hasn't it now? <laughs> Thinking about it, we're into July. So yeah, I don't quite know gone. what's going on there, to be honest with you. It's very strange. I'm sure yeah. it'll work itself out somewhere down the line. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And um, so it's, who else do you think? Do who else do you think? So I said, I think we need to sign a right back, a striker or two, maybe another mm. midfielder. Anywhere else do you think we need to strengthen? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if we're going to persist with playing the one central striker and the two sort of wider strikers, if you will, you don't necessarily need to sign out and out strikers, do you? If, if, if you're going to play that tactic. Because you, you can play sort of strikers or and then you can play mid fielders that are in the Dodds and O'Brien ilk and, and who have sort of winger come forward players do you know what I mean and we've got several of those that yeah. can sort of fill in that gap there so it all depends on what Mellon's going to do as to whether we actually sign another striker I always like to sign another exciting striker because you know they're the, they're the money player aren't they they're the ones people kind of get off their uh, sort of asses and chat cheer for aren't they the ones that get the goals so yeah I can see us probably bringing another one in but I'd be inclined to think that it'll probably be a loan player that we get on a season long loan or a long term loan you know that might be the way Mellon goes I, I was thinking about this the other day actually you know Wolves got bought by um some big Chinese consortium today. Did you see that? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking that that's the time for us to sort of get in at Wolves and say, look, you know, we know you're going to go out and spend 10, 15 million quid and a whole load of players now. So <laughs> we'll quite happily take all your promising new prospects off you for the next few months and, <laughs> and see how that goes. Because um, the lad I worked with was a Wolves fan and he was saying there's loads of good young players in our youth team. And, you know, Wolves fans are sort of up, sort of, I know we're talking about Wolves now, but they're sort of split on you sell your soul for the money sort of thing, a bit like Cardiff. Um, but you know they want to get back to the Premiership, but it's probably going to hold back all their good young players. So there's definitely an opportunity as being one of the local clubs to go and nip in there, and that's maybe where we might find our next set of recruits from. Ollie, you know, for me, I think a striker, and, and I think we talked brief, briefly about maybe with Joe Riley being our only right back now, um, because that Kane Smith who was on trial is gone. Maybe right back's another position. We definitely need another body in. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, um, obviously, we haven't heard anything about Jack Grimmer. It'd be guys nice to sign Jack Grimmer. He's a really good player. So he's um, yeah, he's yeah, been playing I'm for sure. Pre-season, has he has it? Oh, yeah. Okay, interesting to know. 
Yeah. No, he's a good player. It's not doesn't surprise me. I guess um, also talking of rumours in the West Midlands and stories is um, Tom Bradshaw moving on. So Tom Bradshaw um, left Warsaw. Um, it's believed um, that he signed um, for Barnsley for 650k, yeah. which um, I also read that Shrewsbury quite nicely put a 20% sign-on um, fee, um, you know, a release clause in, in the contract. So yeah. that meant that we get a, over 100, about 130k, yeah, we have to be which very is careful. a nice um, addition. Talking about money, Ollie, because uh, <laughs> as, as I learned last season <laughs> with my article in the Shropshire Star, many people might know this, I, used to, I was doing an article in the Shropshire Star for... Uh, for the paper and um, the football clubs of Cumbridge with me quoting figures for how much players and truck cup runs are at the club. So, yeah, the the rumour is, should we say that, or the, the fairly strong rumour? <laughs> the rumour, undisclosed a, fee. Yeah, exactly. The rumour is that we had a salon fee and that's netted us a sort of reasonable amount of money that we've been able to use because I think, um, yeah, we basically bought a player in the next day, didn't we, as soon as Bradshaw moved. So maybe it's just freed up a little bit more money. But again, with the way the finances work in League One nowadays, it's tricky to understand where that money fits into it because it probably doesn't fit into our budget this season. It probably fits into our budget next season to do with all the cut-offs and things. So I don't know. But um, it's just nice to get a bit of money yeah, out of Bradshaw because we didn't sell him for anything. We didn't sell him for anything. We went on a free and then we had the sell-on fee. That was all we, we got. So... Long yeah. term, we got a bit of got a bit of benefit out of that, really, didn't we? Yeah, no, he did, and he's and he's gone on and um, well, he's one of two strikers that have left the club um, and gone on to um, to do well for themselves. Mm. Um, it's sometimes people sometimes put a bit of frustration or a bit of um, blame at the door of the club. Mm. So obviously, Andre Gray has gone on and done really well for himself, but for me, I think it's um, something about the, the individual the person having to force themselves to kind of almost yeah. make it. Yeah. You know, he to Andre Gray dropped down to non league football. That was that was his last chance. Mm. And he really, really kind of developed. And for me Bradshaw went to Warsaw and he looked like a completely different player. Yeah. Um so sometimes a change of environment, um and also maybe a bit of a kick up the arse. Um and, you know, we are you know, we're while we're in the third tier of English football, um if we, you know, it's not that far away from you know going down to non-league football. If you don't get a contract, look at a few players that will leave us today. They mm. left us this season. Still not got some deal. of them will start playing non-league football. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's um yeah, it's interesting to see that, that those those two lads have moved on and yeah, done yeah. well for themselves. Yeah, no, it's strange. And the two, three, I mean, with Bradshaw, we obviously saw him play a lot and and could make a judgment on him and and. That you know he's probably fifty-fifty with fans at Shrewsbury, wasn't it? With Bradshaw, some people liked him, some people eventually got that Steve Leslie level of frustration. A similar thing, local lad that you wanted to do well, but just never quite did it, sort of thing. John Taylor suffered from the same sort of thing as well, although not quite as much because he was pretty good, to be fair. But um, yeah, uh, all three of them. I remember John Taylor. I remember John Taylor's debut. It was fantastic. This is a classic for me, a classic kind of Shrewsbury Town fan um, kind of. You know, he has to almost. He was too small. Yeah. So there's a I remember there's a, a, there's a, a gentleman in front of me, and um, he was moaning about how rubbish John Taylor was. This was his debut, um, and he scored two goals. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't get it. It's not just Shrewsbury Town fans; it's all football fans. But the lad was a kid in his debut, um, and uh, yeah, I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on on our, on our young kids. And almost going back to your comment before about Burton, sometimes you have to allow them to make mistakes. Yeah, you learn a lot more from mistakes, don't you? In any environment, really, you know, you make a mistake in your job, you definitely won't make that mistake again. So, Burton's, you've got to let them young players make those mistakes, particularly goalkeepers, because it stands out so much, you know. But I remember Andre Gray's first game, um, talking of first games for the, those young players that were just on that. But he came on and um, played a few, played a game, it must have been near the start of the season, because I remember being bloody hot, 
or it could have been the end of the season to be honest with you. But he he'd run up and down the wing a few times and he was absolutely blowing. And you know his conditioning was just not there. You know he was a young player coming through. And and I remember a lot of people around me and I was probably one at the same time thinking, oh god, he's never going to make it, sort of thing. You know he doesn't even look fit. And you can't you can't judge it, can you? You know even professional football managers who've let those talents slip through their fingers can't judge it. So you know you've just got to sort of ride it out and see see where we end up. But yeah, to get some money for Bradshaw was good. I think one one of the things I wouldn't mind doing on a pod just before the season starts, Ollie, is me and you having a chat about sort of our rivals in League One because. There's been some very interesting things that have happened to a lot of the rivals around us, particularly like I talked the other week about Oldham, who are sort of bare bones at the moment, and now Walsall have pretty much lost loads of their good players as well. So it'd be quite interesting for us to just have a little look around the leagues and give the fans a bit of a feedback yeah, of a good what idea. we might be facing. So yeah, if you're up for that, I'm up for that. That's yeah. a good idea. Cool. Well, and what else have we got on the news? I think we, you know, we're going to talk about the, the players that were coming in and out. We were talking briefly about the try lists. Well, obviously, we've had two in the last two games. Um, Kane Smith was playing right back in... Um, the Cardiff game and he actually looked reasonable you know it's no one stood out but he didn't stand out as being rubbish he was pretty short though he was tiny um but he's gone now and there's a rumor that Coventry were after him as well because he's one of those highly rated prospects we talked about that didn't we um and we also had Tommy Adeloye who I believe was on loan from Welling United and I'd never heard of him to be honest with you so it's interesting that both the trialists we've had are sort of players who've been coming from the lower leagues rather than it being you know loan players from big clubs who are actually looking at some talents from the non-league and giving them a, a chance so yeah they both seem to disappear off the face of the earth come the the, the Birmingham game, but you, you don't know what's happened there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll sign a few players before the, um, the yeah. season starts. Um, but um, yeah, it's always good to um, yeah, good to see these, some of these trialers come through and see how they get on. Um, a, fr- a friend of mine, a, a person that works for me, um, um, and her, in my team at work, her, um, I can't remember his name. I've completely gone blank. But he, um, he played for <laughs> yeah, Yeovil. <love> you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember his name now. I'll try and remember his name for the for the. For for the um, for the pod next week, um, and he's played for Yeovil, so he played a lot of games for Yeovil in League Two. And um, she was saying that yeah, he's on trials and he's driving all around the country and trying to keep himself fit at the local park. So yeah, it can't be nice for these players trying to get a contract. And um, yeah, it's um, run, driving around the country playing trial games can't yeah. be nice, especially with a little club like Shrewsbury. You kind of we always follow the players we've had. Do you know what I mean? We don't have that many players coming through the football club that stay and play a couple of seasons. You always want the best for players that have gone on, you know, unless they've been particularly rubbish, you know. But you know, always sort of keep an eye out for the players that moved on. It will be interesting to see where Clark and Granderson and Vernon and um, the other guys that just left last season who've seemingly been going around, like you saying, trialing here, trialing there. And I know Jordan Clark was at um, Plymouth they had a couple of trial games, but they they weren't they weren't too keen. Mickey Dimitri has been up at Barry, I think. So it'd be interesting to see where they end up. And you know, you do want you do want them to sort of you know get the best because it's it's their career at the end of the day. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they end up. So yeah, I think that covers the the salad news. I mean, there's been quite a bit of it, it in terms does, of ins yeah. and outs. But um, yeah, that, that's good. We'll move on to talking about these new rules for the next season now. But here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance. Must surely be a goal for Taylor. Shrewsbury are back in it. So the last section um, of the um, podcasts um, this week, uh, we're going to talk about some of the changes to the rules. Um, so there's been quite a lot of changes to the rules. Um, interestingly, um, um, led by um, David Ellery, mm. the former referee, um, who's made a big changes to the rules, um, brought in some common sense, which is actually a new kind of section to the rules to <laughs> bring in some common sense to referee. Oh, and he's also reduced the rule book in, by ha- in half. Oh, right. That's interesting. Um, so there's a few interesting things here. Yeah, it's, it's gone down from um, like 22,000 words to 12,000 words. Um, and there's a few interesting things in there and a few things that hopefully will have a positive impact on the game. So um, the first one, um, kind of one we've picked out um, worth letting um, the listeners um, know about is that, and they might have, people might have seen this one in the European Championship. Yeah that um, before um, kickoffs had to go forward 
Um, but now they can go in any direction. So people might see that one person will do the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting one. Another one which I think is um, another interesting one is that leaving the field after treatment. So if a player um, is injured from a challenge, which then the um, is then punished with a red or yellow card, the player who was injured can stay on the pitch, yeah. which I think was always a bit unfair, wasn't it? You know, if your your player's been injured, they have to go off the pitch. Yeah, and it was always like then the, the moment of... And then sometimes they didn't get let back, let back on quite as quickly, and it was definitely a, a, not an advantage, was it? Particularly when, you know, it wasn't like a 50-50 or a, or a half, you know, half in, half out tackle. It was like a proper horrible yellow-red card tackle. You shouldn't have to go off the pitch and your team go down to sort of 10 men for a time. Because I can remember times when that's happened to town and we've conceded, do you know what I mean? So it should take away that unfairness of it that can sometimes cost people goals and potentially cost people games. So yeah, I think that's a pretty decent change to be honest with you. Yeah, no. And I think it does all seem about, it just seems to be um, about fairness. Mm. Um, and another so the another fairness kind of um, rule, which is I never really thought of it, if I'm honest, but it does it makes sense. So so imagine um, a team um, is in um, is in the middle of a game in a cup game, and it's gone to extra time and to penalties, but one of the teams actually has a player sent off. Yeah. So in that, and you go through all the penalties, which means you have to retake them. Well, that would normally mean that the worst player, so say the goalkeeper, has to take your eleventh penalty. But then the team that had a player sent off would then use their their star striker, their first penalty taker, would be their eleventh penalty taker. Yeah. So they've taken that out, so they've make it even. Yeah. Um, which is a an unlikely rule not to happen, but it's just again just kind of yeah about, about fairness it in the rules. It does happen, though, doesn't it? Because didn't Liverpool? Who did Liverpool play last season? And that and it went round like to the fifteenth, sixteenth penalties. It didn't did, it? yeah. It was against some little club, wasn't it? And Liverpool almost basically embarrassed themselves. At Anfield. I think it happened another time. It happened, definitely happened a couple of times last season. So it does, it does happen. But yeah, I, I think it's just sense, isn't it? Sense, sense checking the rules is not a particularly bad idea. Um, there's quite a lot of things, isn't there? This rules to do with like how goal, goals are blocked and sort of people coming on off the pitch, changing their boots and stuff, and making things like. Previously, yeah. you had to go off and change your boots. You had to have the referee come over and stop the game and check your boots. Now the fourth official can do it. So it's little sensible things that probably we don't see on a sort of daily basis, you know, on a match day basis that just make the game flow a little bit quicker and make it a bit more sense. I, I like the one at the very end of the thing that we were looking at, Ollie, which was you can now have your logo on the corner flags. What an exciting, <laughs> what an exciting <laughs> rule change that is. So everybody next this is, season, that is an exciting game. Yeah. I think someone at the football club better go and get some of them um, loggerheads iron-on patches that we're doing the rounds when we were trying to change the badge. They can just go and you know iron them on the corner flags, and that'll be the hat done then. So <laughs> I hope. Well, I'm sure there'll be some club. I'm sure there'll be some club that will then sell. I can imagine a club like Spurs or something like that who change their kit every year. You'll be able to buy a a, a branded corner flag. Oh, you know what the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Any chance to make a bit of money out of anything? Yeah. You know these football clubs. They'll, they're, they're scum, aren't they? Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. yes, that's the, there are lots of fairness. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so we were saying there's lots of fairness ones and a lot of little ones, and you can also get a red card or you can get a, a, a card before the game um, has started. Oh right. Um, oh God. So there's some of the things. But, yeah, so that's an interesting one. But I think the main ones, um, yeah. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more clarity in what earns you a yellow card. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's be good to have that, won't it? And I think it's just a case of fans getting used to it. In terms of the cards, we obviously, um, I think it came out yesterday that they were now, now going to. It's not really a rule change. It's now they were going to be more specific about how players can interact with referees and, and I, I sent you an article over to have a look at didn't you Ollie? but yep. it makes some quite interesting reading because I can see there being a bit of carnage in the first few weeks of this season with these rules so I think it's probably just worth running through them um, the offences that can now earn a player a yellow card visibly being disrespectful to any match official aggressive response to a decision confronting an official face to face that happens all the time doesn't it um, running towards officials to contest a decision offensive insulting or abusive language yeah 
Yeah, Pepe from Real Madrid is going to. Sh- yeah, sorry, Pepe from Real Madrid is really going to struggle with a running towards the official to contest a decision. <laughs> <laughs> he cheats at everything, Ollie, he does, so yeah. it won't really make much difference, I don't think. Um, yeah, physical contact with any match official in a non-aggressive manner. So you can't go. You know, you sometimes see players running up to the referee and sort of going a bit too far and running into them. That tenth sec- ten sec- essentially a yellow card now. Um, Oh, it says a yellow card for at least one player when two or more from a team surround a match official. So yeah, there you go. That's the days of Man United and Arsenal, you know, surrounding the referee like used to get in sort of the 2000s when they were going at each other. It's sort of come to an end now, I think. But um, yeah, those are interesting for yellow cards. And then for red cards, if a player confronts a match official, uses offensive, insulting or abusive language or gestures towards them. So, you know, you've, how many times have you seen a player on the floor just look up the referee and, you know, flick his hand up at them or flick the Vs up? Technically, that's a red card now. So that yeah. quite, could be quite interesting. Um, and physical contact with any match official in an aggressive or confrontational manner, which you do see. So, you know, I can see that first few weeks of the season being quite a few red cards knocking around and it then suddenly settling down and people understanding the new way. Yeah, definitely. I think also it, it will have a big impact um, in the the big games um, like the Classico um, and also you know, in, yeah. in Europe, but also games in big games um, later on in the season. So, you know, if we get Manchester City, Man United really going for it, it will make uh, it will make it interesting. And also just focus on the football. You know, it can be interesting sometimes to see a bit of, um, you know, players going at it and bit of passion but often now it seems to from the from the Ars- the classic Arsenal Man United days of the Keown and Giggs and Skulls it seems to have gone to a lot more petty and a lot more time wasting so hopefully it will yeah mm. in- improve the um, the entertainment factor for the fans the interesting thing Ollie is is we, we seem to go round and round with this sort of thing don't we like we've had the respect campaign which just basically fell flat didn't it because it's yeah. never been it was never implemented was it if you will and and it's nice to see these rules coming forward in terms of you know this is what you can be booked and can be sent off for but it very much depends on it very much falls onto the shoulders of the referees doesn't it and then and the fourth officials and the, and the linesmen to actually implement these rules and be to have the balls to say look you know this is what's happening now if I have to send off three players in this first game of the season so be it you know the second game of the season there'll be teams acting very very differently and there are some managers that send their teams out to do this sort of thing and it's going to be interesting to see how those sort of managers deal with these rules and there are some players that just you know do it as a matter of course it's their sort yeah. of natural reaction to a foul and, and they're going to have to temper the way they play which is going to be quite difficult in the heat of the battle so I can certainly see all sorts of things being talked about by the pundits and stuff in the next few weeks yeah no definitely I think also um, there'll be a lot of pressure um, from the fans so you know um, Shrewsbury fans are pretty good actually of um, kind of putting a bit of pressure on the referee um, mm. and I'm sure if we see players you know a couple of players storm around um, the, the ref I'm sure the fans will start putting pressure on so no let's let's hope it works um, we always compare football to rugby don't we in terms of sport and sportsmanship but hopefully you can improve it improve football's reputation a bit yeah it feels a bit more rugby-esque the rules doesn't it to be fair yeah. and it does work well I like the fact the refs get mic'd up in rugby I yeah. wouldn't be against that in, in football I think that would be brilliant when you're watching big games on TV to be honest with you but I can't, I can't see it happening I think the language might be a bit too rumble yeah I think it would be a lot of bleeps it, it, <laughs> I don't think we're far off the first time where a player gets fouled, gets up really angrily, storms at the referee to say that was a foul, you should have you should have booked him, and then he should technically get sent off, <laughs> and then another player from the opposition runs in to say, oh no, you should be booking him for that reaction <laughs> to you, and then he gets booked as well. <laughs> it yeah, could just be a cycle of people running up to the referee and getting booked. <laughs> I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard, especially for um, players that have been playing for a long time, because it is a part of the game isn't it you know you hear ex-professionals Robbie Savage Steve Claridge you know um, you know Rhea Ferdinand I'm not talking on the TV it's part of the yeah. game isn't it to try and get uh, to try and the get an advantage arts. yeah the dark arts of the game so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how the players react 
Yeah, I don't think we'll see much of Ian back this season. <laughs> man, man can't keep his temper about anything. So, yeah, she'll, she'll be interesting to see how those rules go, and I can see us talking about it as the season progresses. So, yep. yeah, I think it was just worth running through those because, I say, a lot of town fans might not be aware, might have been aware of the changes that were implemented for the Euros, but certainly not these rules to do with um, the way that you react to the referee and the other match officials now. And and, it, and that actually stretches not just the ma- not just the referee, it also stretches to the fourth official. Yep. So I was reading as well that that's going to have an implication on the sorts of ways that the managers... Um, deal with you know treating the fourth officials and stuff like that so there could also be a, a flurry of red cards in the box as well to be fair to Mellon he didn't get like that disease pretty good so yeah we, Mickey Mellon's not too bad right, but, yeah, but yeah people like Pardew yeah. who have got a reputation for headbutting <laughs> opposition players he might have to uncontrol himself but saying yeah, that what about well what about Sam Allardyce <laughs> yeah I was going to say it's Big <laughs> Sam Big Sam but he'll probably be in the director's box for most games now but um yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see how he goes. Just while we're on that, what do you think? What do you think of him as England manager? Um, yeah, uh, at first I was like Big Sam. Uh, no, not too sure. But then when I had a bit of time to think about it, I think he's actually quite a good choice. Um, I think it's good to have an English manager, um, for mm. better or for worse. Um, I think he's a manager that himself has said that he hasn't really been had the opportunity to manage a big club. And how would he do? How would he? Um, how would he? How successful would he be with a big club? At Bolton, he yeah. did a fantastic job. At West Ham, he built built the foundations of what Billick is now yep. um, kind of um, fostering. But also, um, Sunderland, he did a great job of turning around. Where Sunderland, Sunderland always seemed to be a squad that had a huge mental issues, huge mental issues. Um, obviously, you hear about their drinking and some of their antics they got up to. Um, they always seemed to crack, mm. and you know they would win like three games in like fifteen or something like that. So I think I think it'd be good for. You know, bring in some. He's very tactically savvy as well, so I think he'll be good for those sides. And also, I think a bit more than Roy, I think also he'll probably embrace the other side of the England manager's job. You know, working with the under 16s, yeah. under 19s, going to um, St George's Park in Staffordshire. I think he'll, you know, he's. I think he'll embrace the role. So yeah, I think he'd be a good choice. What about yourself? Yeah, it's hard to tell, isn't it? You know, I I don't think he could be the worst idea ever, to be honest with you. I'd rather that than Steve Bruce, who just fills me with absolutely yep. no confidence and just seems like the most bland manager you could ever have. Or a mercenary um, for it, 18 months. Somewhere yeah, like yeah, exactly. I mean, they're only going to give Allardyce a two-year contract, aren't they, which doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence. But I think it's more more of a case of him just being able to say, look, I want, him to, I want a man England manager to play players who have got the form and are, and are in it. And it seems to me like he's the sort of manager that does that. So, yeah, if you, if you can do that. It's funny, the press are all, some of the press that have been on his back have been saying, oh, it'll take us back to the dark days now. And I, I was thinking, well, when, the, when were the dark days? Surely the dark days were like three and a half weeks ago when we lost to Iceland. You know, <laughs> well, it wasn't yeah, the- pretty pretty light before that was it so well no the last light was um was in 66 which was um, before exactly. 20 years before me and you were born so well about 20 years yeah. um so yeah i don't know i'm not sure i don't really get that point there so i think it's quite easy to um criticize sam allardyce isn't it it's very easy to criticize yeah. him because he doesn't help himself remember he said all that stuff about right. oh if i if i manage real madrid we win the league every season so yeah <laughs> nice one he's got the opportunity he's now we're gonna get that chance you know, he's got, he's got opportunity to manage um, a, a good side. Oh, yeah. So we have got some good players, just not a good team. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah. I, I'm not really. I, I, the, the, the flipping, the, the warm-up games, not the warm-up games, sorry, the, the qualifying games now, I, I could take a leave them. It's all just about tournaments yeah. as far as I'm concerned now because it doesn't mean anything, does it, the qualifiers? I'd be surprised if we are Phil Wembley for some of the games coming up, to be honest with you. Normally it's 80,000 for even the rubbish games, but I think so. I know we've always said this, three three episodes now, we keep saying we're not going to talk about England and we always end up talking about England. We've just talked about a little bit, haven't we? Everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everyone's so frustrated about it this summer that you can't help but talk about it, especially as football fans, passionate football fans. You do want your national team to do well, but there's definitely a, a lot of um, 
bridge building for the England national team to do over the next couple of years, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. good luck to him anyway. There we go. He's no Mickey Mallon. <laughs> <laughs> That's certain. Anyway, we'll uh, yes, we'll move on to um, we'll move on to just doing our little Glyn versus Ollie section now, and uh, then we'll we'll wrap things up. Away eventually, off it goes to Holt. He does really well. This is Humphrey. It's two 0 Shrewsbury Town. So our uh, our ongoing battle reaches its third week, Ollie, and we've already proved that we know nothing about football because neither of us got the the result for the final of the Euro 2016 right. Um, that was our prediction for last week: Portugal versus France, and I went for France two 0 Ollie went for France three one, and obviously Portugal won the Euros. So. Yeah, I think we're already starting to prove that we're probably uh, not best doing our international things. So no points for us each week. So I'm still one point ahead. Um, for the week coming up, we're going to do a prediction of the Solihull Moors versus Shrewsbury game, which is happening in a couple of days' time. So what do you reckon, Ollie? Ten nil, eleven nil. What are you going for? I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil to Shrewsbury oh, Town. Conservative, very conservative. I'm going to go. I reckon. I reckon we'll unleash. I reckon we'll get four. 4-1 there you go Hope, there you go anyone okay, that's cool. going to the game there's some excitement for you I'm going to go 4-1 I reckon we'll, we'll start to bang some goals and Solihull Moors are not exactly a great non-league team and you know I was encouraged enough on Tuesday night to think that we could start to you know put a couple more past a sort of smaller team so yeah we'll go for that we'll see if either of us can get our first prediction of a Shrewsbury Town result right this season and uh, someone can have the bragging rights so yeah so that's it Ollie there's another podcast anything you want to say Take us home. Okay. Mate. Yeah. So yeah. So um, to the to, again to the fans, um, please um, send in questions um, to us at um, at Salopcast on Twitter and also on Facebook. Um, so yeah, please send in um, questions and um, yeah, if you also have the chance, we'd love it if you could give us a review um, on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear lots of people who do podcasts say that, and I'm sure it was worth something. So yeah, if you can do a review for us, or, or you've got any questions or any anything positive you want to bring to the podcast, that'd be great. Um, anything you want to hear us talk about in the future, like we've we've done the rules thing today. We're quite happy to have a chat about something that's sort of town related, but a bit sort of onto the side of it that we we can have a good chat about. So yeah, just let us know and. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. We we plan to be back maybe next week, late next week, Ollie, after another couple of preseason games have been played. What do you think? Yeah, no, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, all right. Thanks for joining us, and we shall see Cheers, you for guys. episode four. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Oh!